coming up this week here all about Laura's trip to Disneyland Paris. Welcome to this week's episode of To the Mouse and Back. I'm super excited this week because Laura's trip is the first non-US based Disney trip that I've had on the show. So it was really fun interviewing her because I felt like I was learning so much since it's all brand new. So I can't wait for you to hear about it. Um, I am feeling better this week. Thank you for your patience with my voice quality last week. Um, I've been sick for a while and I'm finally almost over this. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, You'll actually hear in the post-trip interview this week that I was definitely not feeling great, but here's hoping that I'm close to being back to normal. Um, I have a few things before I get to the interview. So one, there are a lot of new listeners this week. So um, of course, welcome to all of you. Uh, I wanted to mention, especially if you're new to the show, that if you have a trip that you want to submit to potentially be featured on a future episode of the show, you can head over to tothemouseandback.com slash submit. And this gives you all the information about how to submit any upcoming Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney cruise trips, or, you know, international Disney locations as well. Um, So I use something called SpeakPipe, which is essentially like an online voicemail. And this lets me hear your voice. I get a better idea of who you are, you know, obviously learn about your trip. And I can also make sure that you have a microphone that has, you know, decent sound quality. Um, Second thing, I have a request, since I know a lot of people listening to this are crazy Disney planners like me, so I know we all have our unique way of kind of managing our trip. So I have my own Disney World trip coming up in December, and I want to have an easily readable daily itinerary thing where I, like I list out my fast passes, dining reservations, you know, things that we don't want to miss, like parades, foods that we want to try. That one's obviously very important. Um, I have a spreadsheet that I use for the whole trip, but I don't really have a good daily snapshot view. So if you have anything that you've used on your trips before, could you just email me a screenshot or a copy of it? So I'm looking for something that I can access on my phone on the go. So, you know, if you have a note that you formatted a certain way or like a miniature spreadsheet or whatever, um, send it to me. I'd love to see it. Uh, So you can email it to me at Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L at tothemouseandback.com. That's all spelled out, no numbers or anything. Um, I would love to see what you have. If I get any that I like, I'll be happy to share them in the show notes of a future episode so that um, everybody can see them. Anyway, that was a lot of words. So let's get into Laura's trip report now. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. How are you doing today? I am doing good. I'm packing feverishly. (laughs) Well, that's usually, that's way more fun than the unpacking. That is true. So... Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. So tell me a little bit about what is your Disney history? So I went to Disney World as a kid, like seven or eight with my parents. That was kind of like our one family trip that we were able to take there. And now I'm married and have a girl of my own. And we did Disney World for the first time as as our family unit unit in March. And we were actually a hurricane reschedule. So we were supposed to go uh, last September and had to reschedule for March because they were closing the airports the day we were coming in. So we've been to Disney World once in, since I have been grown. And now we're planning Disneyland Paris. 
Awesome. So Disneyland Paris. So you are my first international Disney location. You're actually my first non-Disney world. So it's funny because I have my list of questions that I ask in the pre-trip and um, I don't know how many of them even apply to this process. So we're gonna just kind of be able to hear what it's like to plan a non-Disney world trip. So I'm really excited. It's weird and I'm glad I did the Disney World first by comparison because I'd be completely lost if I had done Paris first. <laughs> okay, okay. So tell me a little bit about what is your planning style? Are you somebody who likes to plan and likes a lot of structure or do you like to have a little more flexibility built in? How do you balance those? I, I like to have a little bit of both. In for background, when I was growing up, my family took a lot of driving vacations and we didn't plan anything. We had like a general roadmap of what we wanted to see along the way, but we didn't plan hotels. We didn't plan what we were going to eat. We didn't plan what we were going to see. We just kind of went with the flow. Um, so I like I like a little bit more structure, kind of. I like to know generally what days I'm going to be where and maybe one or two key things that we're going to hit along the way. But other than that, I just kind of roll with it. Okay, Awesome. All right, so going to Disneyland Paris, who is going with you? So I am going partially for work. This is going to be a weekend stop in a longer trip. So my daughter is coming with, and then both my parents, my mom and my dad. Okay, how old's your daughter? She is three. She'll be three and a half-ish while we're there. Okay, all right. And will they be along for the whole trip, including the work portion, or will they just be there for this portion of it? They'll be there for the whole thing. Okay. All right. So uh, I assume you're going to be flying there. We are flying there, yes. We're actually flying into London because it was cheaper and then taking EasyJet, which is a um, it's an airline in Europe that just kind of flies between the different countries there because it's shorter duration flights. So we're taking EasyJet from one of the smaller airports in London into Charles de Gaulle in Paris. Okay. All right. So what are your full trip dates for the full time that you'll be over there? For the full trip here, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to fly into London. Okay. Um, so tomorrow afternoon we're taking off, hence the packing. Um, and we'll be in London through the 13th. And the 13th of October, um, we're going to be in Disneyland Paris and we're there through the 17th of October. And then we're coming home home on the 22nd of October with the rest of the time being spent in Munich. Okay. So you said you're going to be there for business for the bulk of the time. Is that correct? Yes. I'm doing business in London and Munich and we kind of sandwich Disneyland Paris in the middle because I, I mean, if I'm going to be that close, I'm going to go. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Very cool. All right. So for your Disneyland Paris portion, where are you going to be staying? So we are staying at a hotel on Disney property called Santa Fe and it's it's one of their budget hotels, so I think it would be kind of the equivalent of in uh, All Stars or in All Star Sports or something along that line. Um, but it's uh, cars themed. Interesting. It is. They've got two uh, two hotels in that budget tier. They've got the Santa Fe and Cheyenne, and Cheyenne is Toy Story themed. And then once you go up in tier, they've got like a like a New York style hotel and a beach club style hotel and they've got those on mid tier but once you get into the mid and upper tier they're not really sh show or movie themed anymore <laughs> gotcha okay which i guess is technically true for walt disney world as well true true yep oh okay so talk to me a little bit about 
the planning process kind of so you said you did Disney World first. So then, mm -hmm. you know, how do you even attack the planning process for Disneyland Paris to really kind of know about, okay, you know, the different hotel options and how you pick one and the timing for when you reserve what and all of that, you know, how did you really dig into all that? So the very first thing I did was join a couple Facebook groups. Uh, the Facebook groups for planning Disney World were super, super helpful. And I thought that there for sure, there has to be some for Disneyland Paris. Um, there's not many, unfortunately, for specific U.S. travelers, but there's a handful of Facebook groups for uh, like Disneyland Paris for Brits. And I joined a number of those groups covertly. Um, but it comes out that you're coming from the U.S. as people discuss planning and stuff with you. And then um, I also just use the Disneyland Paris website. They have a website for booking very similar to the Walt Disney World website. And um, one of the weird things about Disneyland Paris is you can actually use different country extensions. So like in the U.S., we've got .com. Um, for the U.K. extension, we've got like DisneylandParis.uk or Germany's.de. Um, we've got all those different extensions, and they all have a little bit different information or different packages that you can book under. And in the U.S., you can only book Disney World or Disneyland using a U.S. package because you're a U.S. resident. That's not the same for Disneyland Paris. You can book under whatever promotion works out the best for you. Um, so I was actually jumping around between all the different country extensions to, to see what the information was. Interesting. And is that a trick that you learned on one of the Facebook groups? Uh, that was actually something that I didn't know about for the U.S. at least. Like I didn't realize that I couldn't book under like a Canadian package to visit Disney World. It uh -huh. just happened that the Disney World U.S. package was the one that worked out for me. And so when I was doing this, I did hear from one of those uh, Facebook groups that you could book under different country extensions. And I went through that. And actually, I was looking if there is perhaps a US travel agent who would like to take over the booking to help me with some of the reservations. And nobody could, because of the way that the contracts are, I guess. But I was told by one of the travel agents that that was the case. Interesting. Um, that, that you could that you couldn't do that in the U.S., but you could for Disneyland Paris. Okay. All right. So how did you end up selecting the Santa Fe as the hotel that you wanted to stay at? Uh, it was significantly cheaper than the others. And, <laughs> I mean, uh, Cheyenne's a little bit more expensive than Santa Fe, but in terms of what the hotels offer, they were about the same. And I let my daughter pick. She could pick Toy Story or Cars, and she picked Cars. Cars so fun. Nisi Lightning McQueen. Okay. <laughs> So Disneyland Paris, is it one park or is it multiple parks? It is two parks. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, it's very similar to Disneyland. Now, I have not been to Disneyland, but they've got the equivalent of what I would call a Magic Kingdom and then a Hollywood studio. So they've got a larger park that's got the castle and the different lands off of it, the four or five lands. And then they've got the uh, park with the Tower of Terror. Okay. So how many days, so you said you'll be at Disneyland Paris for the 13th through the 17th. How many days are you planning to spend in the parks there? We're planning three days in the park. So two full days and two half days. Okay. So two full days, two half days. Yep. And the two parks are very close to each other. There's also like a downtown Disney, Disney Springs type area. And everything's within walking distance there. Even the hotels, you can walk wherever. They do have shuttles, but it's about a 15-minute walk from 
the furthest hotel to the parks. Okay, awesome. So not having been there before, how were you planning to allocate your time between the two parks and the other Disney experiences that they have available? That's kind of what I'm playing by ear with everything being so close. I did make a couple dining reservations in the park, so that'll I'll definitely be in whichever park the dining reservation's on for around that time. Uh, but they've also got a other, couple other quirks that seem to make park hopping just the norm. There's no such thing as a one-park ticket over there. You, you just get a ticket and it gets you into both. Um, but they've got an online app for like reserving a spot in character meets. So whenever you get a spot for a character meet, you go to that park at that time. So I, I'm assuming with a toddler, most of my time is going to be spent in the Disneyland park proper. So the Magic Kingdom, um, because the rides are more child friendly there. Okay. So the app that you can reserve a spot for a meet and greet, this is intriguing. Is this kind of like a fast pass sort of? I don't know that I'd call it a fast pass. I, like, I guess it must be. They're, they use an app called Line Birdie, and it's only for meets in the Hollywood Studios park. And apparently, it's really hard to get slots to meet them. If you don't, if you don't get a time slot, you don't get to meet the character. Period. Um, the characters that are reservable on the app don't have a general queue. So they release two waves of time slots: one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And you just have to go on the app and reserve your time spot when it opens. And it'll tell you, like, your time to meet character X is at 10.15. And at 10.10, they'll send you a reminder and you go run over there and you wait for maybe five, ten minutes. This is fascinating to me. It's apparently really odd and it's a newer thing from what I understand that they've been testing. And I've been told that it's kind of spotty whether the app will work or not, but you just got to keep refreshing and hope for the best. Okay. You mentioned some dining reservations. Is it similar to Disney World that you have to know where you want to eat six months in advance or is it different? It's a little bit different. The, the earliest you can book dining reservations is 60 days out. They do not have as many options as Disney World and there's significantly fewer character meals. Uh, they've got what I would call the equivalent of a Crystal Palace in the main Disneyland park, it's called uh, Gardens. It's the Gardens Plaza. Okay. And it's got a couple Winnie the Pooh characters. I think it's got like Tigger and Rabbit and um, oddly Scrooge McDuck's a regular. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's got a hodgepodge of characters. <laughs> and then we've got like more of a traditional um, like Mickey Cafe type. It sounds, um, what's that one in the contemporary at Disney Chef World? Mickey's. Chef Mickey. It sounds very Chef Mickey. Um, I don't know that it has all the Fab Five, but it's got a good handful of them. And then they've got a restaurant that's called Inventions, and it's in the Disneyland Hotel there. And they just, it seems very casual as to what characters come out. You're never guaranteed certain characters when you make these reservations, um, but <laughs> you're guaranteed to have something interesting. Interesting. Okay. So which places do you have reservations for? I've got a breakfast reservation at Garden Plaza for one of the days that we're there. And then I have a Sunday brunch reservation at Inventions. And this is something that I found really fascinating. Brunch at Inventions at Disneyland Paris. It's a themed brunch that the theme changes every Sunday and they don't publish what the theme is. So it's kind of a surprise when you show up. And it's pretty difficult to get reservations for the Sunday brunch. Um, they're a little expensive, but it's usually uh, 
pretty rare characters that show up. Uh, as an example, I think the other week it was, um, oh gosh, what was it? It wasn't Farmer. Farmer is what, is what is anticipated for when I'm there. They're anticipating based on statistics of the previous years that the Sunday that I'm there, it's going to be Farmer. So the characters would be the three pigs, the big bad wolf, and Mickey and friends dressed up in farmer gear. Oh. Um, so I, and, and over in February, they do like a Chinese New Year's one where Mulan and Mushu and Kriki and all that come out. Um, I okay. forgot what it was week somebody had just posted it it wasn't halloween yet they do their halloween brunches later okay yeah it's it's a random theme and they don't publish it you don't know what it is and you just kind of show up and it's a surprise i think it was parisian and they had the aristocats okay awesome so what about do they have any kind of a fast pass system they have a really old school fast pass system they have the kiosks and they print you out paper tickets with the time slot on them Okay. Um, you can only hold one at a time. So you go to whatever the ride is that you want the fast pass for. Um, they've just upgraded to ticket cards for your park, for your park days. So okay. now you've got like a little credit card for your ticket as opposed to the paper tickets. They just implemented that. And you scan your card and you pick your time slot and the, pe- the number of people and you get your paper printed out fast pass. And you can... If your time slot for that ride, as I understand it, is more than two hours away, two hours after getting that paper fast pass, you can select another one. Otherwise, you have to wait until you've used that first fast pass to go get another. Okay. Yeah. So this sounds like Disney World, but 20 years ago. Yes, basically. They're a little behind. (laughs) They don't do online dining reservations either. You have to ring the international number. Ah, okay. You had to call and talk to a human. I did. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Well, what are, um, I'm sure you've read about, you know, some of the things they have in the parks there. What are the couple of things that you're most excited about trying or doing while you're there? One of the things I'm really excited about is to try their version of Space Mountain. I was too short for Space Mountain the first time I went to Disney World back when I was like seven or eight or something. I was really short as a kid. Um, And the first time I wrote it was this March when I went with my family. <laughs> so I'm really excited to try Disneyland Paris's version of Space Mountain. They have the Star Wars overlay currently, so it's called Hyperspace Mountain. Okay. And it goes upside down. Okay, interesting. Yeah, word on the street is that their version of It's a Small World is also better. I'm not entirely sure what that means. <laughs> I can't imagine it being very different, but it's supposed to be very good. Okay. Right now they've got their Halloween characters out, so I'm really curious to see what the new characters are that are out for Halloween. They don't seem to have a set program as to what characters come out when. There's a few of them that have a set program, but otherwise there's an, uh, a Twitter account that you can subscribe to and they have an actual park employee just pop on there when a new character is coming out and you can figure it out. And they have all sorts of weird stuff and every Tuesday they send out a rare character of some sort. It was Roger Rabbit and um, Jessica Rabbit a handful of Tuesdays ago, and that was kind of strange. Huh. But yeah, they it, it almost seems like it's whatever costume the cast members want to put on for the day. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really curious to see what characters we get to meet, and, and my daughter likes all of them, so I know she's really excited. She's really hoping for the three little pigs. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So with, your, with traveling internationally with a three-year-old, 
Is there anything that you're doing to try to help her adjust her, you know, sleep schedule or anything like that? How are you managing that travel with a three-year-old? So the way to Europe, um, what I've heard is that you just try to tucker the kid out so that they sleep on the overnight plane ride. So we're going to get, we're going to fly overnight on the way there, but your night's kind of shortened. Um, so we're, I'm hoping to wake her up early tomorrow, be really hyper about it. We've got a like two hour car ride in front of us before the airport. So we're going to be spending a lot of time in cars or in planes. So I'm hoping to just let her run around, wake her up early, kill some energy off, and then we can all sleep on the plane. Um, on the way home, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> to me, that's the worst. We, we land at like 6.30 p.m. local time here, but we first leave Europe at like 2 p.m. their time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be flying for a long time and get back to what feels like midnight body time. And it's really first dinner time. <laughs> I've, if we can, if I can keep, if maybe we just do a small nap on the plane and I can keep her up then until 10 o'clock local time, <laughs> we'll be reset. Yeah. Oh, as long as you ask the question, one interesting tidbit that I just learned, and as a matter of fact, this call has prompted me that I need to take action. Um, I am traveling without my husband, so without my child's father. In some countries in Europe, in order to travel as as one parent with a child, you either need a letter saying that you're the sole parent or guardian or a letter of consent to be traveling internationally with the child Hmm. signed by the parent not coming with and it needs to be well they they strongly suggest and by they I mean like passport border control strongly suggest that the letter be notarized and signed by the other parent um, so I just had printed that off shortly before this call and I uh, need to get my husband over here to sign it and have it notarized um, so that's that's something that I didn't find out until this weekend um, we have her passport you have to have both parents present to get a minor's passport or at least both of them sign the paperwork Um, but because of human trafficking now some of the some countries in Europe are requiring that letter of consent interesting okay that's definitely good to know all right well is there anything else that you are excited about for this trip that we haven't talked about yet Oh, goodness, I'm basically just excited about everything. (laughs) One last thing that I'm super excited for is I'm a big Star Wars person. My daughter is turning into a big Star Wars person. And one of the set established longtime standing meet and greets over there is Darth Vader. And my daughter is just in love with Darth Vader and thinks that he's the greatest thing ever. I've tried explaining that he's the bad guy and she's insisted that, no, he's really nice. And I thought (laughs) in the end, he really is. So I'll let her continue on with that. He did turn nice in the end. Um, but she's got her Darth Vader costume all ready to pack in our suitcase, and she's super excited to meet him. So I'm super excited to see if she actually likes him once he meet, she meets him for real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Very cool. I just can't wait for her to take off the mask while, while she's there. She's got these little blonde curly hairs and blue eyes. Uh-huh. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, I cannot wait for you to get back and just hear all about it. This is going to be brand new to hear about. So that's super fascinating to me. I'm glad to share the knowledge because lots of people don't even think of Disneyland Paris as an option. And and quite honestly, it was super cheap. It's it's cheaper than our week to Disney World trip was. I mean, we're there for a shorter time, but it was it's still cheaper if you had portion it out. So yeah, very cool. All right. Well, good luck with the packing and with the uh, time change and traveling with a three-year-old. So I know that that will present its challenges, but hopefully you guys have a lot of really fun stuff coming up to 
to uh, more than make up for it. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, bye. bye. Hey, Laura, welcome back from your trip. Thank you. It's nice to be home. Yeah, I'm sure, especially with that much travel on either end of the trip, I'm sure there's there's definitely some just like, ha, ah, okay, about being home. Yep, yep. Two weeks was a long time. <laughs> well, I I have a list of questions that I typically go through for these trip interviews, but they're so Disney World and Disneyland based that I don't even have a specific list of questions. So I'm just going to kind of let you take us through the trip and tell us, um, you know, how it went, what you learned, all that fun stuff, because I'm going to be learning here along with you. That'll work perfect. And actually, I discovered while being there that there's a lot of similarity between Disneyland Paris and Disney World. Um, Some of the questions might be applicable, um, but I'll just run through what we did while we were there and hit some highlights and um, what I'd do again and what I wouldn't do again, (laughs) because I learned a lot too. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So just to kind of remind myself, so you were going to be traveling the 9th through the 22nd, but your time at Disneyland Paris was going to be the 13th through the 17th. Yes. Was there anything about the trip over there that you kind of wanted to talk about? Or did you want to jump straight into the Disneyland portion? I can talk a little bit about arrival and getting there because that was very interesting. The closest airport to Disneyland Paris is Charles de Gaulle. Okay. And it's about a 45 minute drive from the parks. And so we had to get some sort of transportation from the airport to the park. And Disneyland Paris does do a magical express type bus, but it's on more of a limited schedule. And there wasn't going to be a time convenient to leave Um, on the Magical Express based on our plane arrival time. But there's a company over in Paris called Prestige. And I think it's just Prestige, but it may have shuttle in like the website address. But apparently lots of people just book this Prestige van uh, to pick you up, especially when you have children because you can request the proper car seats and stuff. And they play Disney movies in English in the car on your way to the park and they meet you right outside the customs gate with a little sign with your name on it so you don't have to worry about not being able to speak French to check in. And I just thought that was really great. Awesome. So yeah, we took, we, we booked one of those prestige shuttles and it was nice. Uh, the, the driver did not speak very good English, but spoke enough to get us to their car. And then uh, we watched Milana on the way to the park, um, which was great. Very fun. The, the check-in at the hotel was something interesting too. Um, lots of um, people say that checking into your hotel at Disneyland Paris can be quite the ordeal, especially if lots of people are arriving around your time. And that's because you actually fill out paper check-in forms. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can hand it a stack of papers. And uh, every adult that's staying in the rooms needs to sign these papers. And um, so if you don't have your entire party with you right at check-in, and if you have kids, that could be particularly problematic, having them wait in line, too. So lots of people have their other adults stand around the corner or something, flag them over to sign those papers. But fortunately, we were the only family checking in at the time, and uh, it wasn't that big of an issue then, um, but I can see how it would be. And Disneyland Paris just upgraded to having like credit card-style tickets for everything now. So you get one card for each person and it's your hotel key and your park tickets and your meal plan. Uh, Prior to that, everything was paper. This is when we checked in, we actually got our cards. 
there were a few things on paper yet. Um, we had some dining reservations for character dining that were still on paper. So you get a lot of paper when you check. Okay. Um, so that, that was the experience getting there. We booked the, um, the prestige shuttle to get back to the airport at the end too. Um, but that was the check-in and a, an arrival. Did you want me to jump right into park experience? Yeah. Well, tell me what was your first impression of your hotel? Well, we stayed at their budget or their value hotel. We stayed at a hotel Santa Fe and it's cars themed. And it was, it was decent for what it was. It, it wasn't, the fancy Disneyland hotel. It had two double beds and a bathroom. It was clean. It was comfortable. Um, my daughter really loved it because we were in the Lightning McQueen building. So it had Lightning McQueen on the door of the building we were staying at. They've got multiple buildings per hotel. And then the rooms are in, there's a handful of rooms in each of the buildings. So their hotels are pretty big and in separate buildings like that. Um, but yeah, the, the hotel was comfortable. It was nice. It was clean. It was about a 20 minute walk from the park. Uh, so we didn't have to worry about taking the shuttle buses, which they did have, but it was beautiful weather. No reason to take them. 20 minute short walk. Okay. Uh, so our first impression was nice that same night for dinner, we actually went uh, across the street, well, across the river, actually, uh, to the partner budget hotel, Hotel Cheyenne, and that one's Toy Story themed. So that Western woody um, kind of kind of feel to it. And uh we went there for dinner solely because the food options were more uh, Texas barbecue. And in the Santa Fe hotel, the dinner options were more Tex-Mex and my family was more keen on the barbecue. Okay. Um, so we got to take a look at that hotel as well. And that one was also very nice. It was very well decorated. I think, I think they did a little bit better with the Toy Story theme in Hotel Cheyenne than they did with Cars theme in Santa Fe. Um, but both of them, both of them were lovely. We'd stay there again. Okay. Awesome. All right. So then was your first day in the park, how many total days did you have in the parks? So when you book a package with Disneyland Paris, you automatically get tickets for every night that you're staying plus one. So for every day that you could be on their property, you get park tickets just because that's the way their packages work. Okay. We actually ended up spending only two full days in the parks. Okay. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about those days and what you did and kind of how you divided your time. Sure. So... Disneyland Paris has two parks. They've got the main Disneyland park, which is the equivalent to a Magic Kingdom, roughly. And then they have a uh, Disney Studios park, which is like Hollywood Studios. And we had three full days that we were going to be at Disneyland Paris and then our two travel days on either end. And we had all intents of heading over to the park on our arrival day since we got there at 530 and the park, the Disneyland park closed at 8. Uh, but we just got so swept up in checking into the hotel and exploring the hotel area and then getting to dinner and exploring that hotel and their shops that we just didn't go on that first day. Okay. Uh, the second day, we went straight to the main park, to Disneyland Park, so the Magic Kingdom equivalent. Um, for hotel guests, the parks open one hour earlier than for the general population. So the park opened at 9.30 for everybody. So we got there. We could have gotten there around 8.30, but my daughter likes to sleep in, so I didn't mm -hmm. get her out and moving and fed her breakfast until uh, closer to 8.30, which meant we got there at about 9 a.m. Okay. So a half hour before it opened for the rest of the general population. Okay. And one thing I learned is that Disneyland Paris's version of Crowded is like half 
of what you get in Disney World. Okay. Um, so when people complain about crowds, I it, we supposedly went during a high time because it was a holiday for a couple of the countries that had for school. It's a couple school holidays and lines were incredibly short by Disney World standards. Uh, in that half hour in the morning, we went on Star Tours first. My daughter had just barely reached 40 inches, and she was so disappointed she couldn't go on it in Disney World when we were there about six months ago. Uh-huh. And she was so excited that she was tall enough to go on it this time. So we went on Star Tours first, made sure we got that in. We waited about 15 minutes. Um, we met Darth Vader right after that. He's got a permanent meet and greet location there. Okay. And we waited five minutes for that. And then we went on the Orbitron, and that was like a practically walk-on. It was spinning, and we just waited for it to land, and then we climbed right on. Um, So we got all that done just about 9.45-ish when it was starting to get a little heavier traffic with the rest of everybody else coming in. Um, After that, we headed over to the Fantasyland area, and we rode on Small World. And this I just find absolutely incredible. We walked on to Small World. There's no such thing as a wait for Small World. I mean, we almost missed it in Disney World because it was a like two-hour wait. Right. <laughs> it, it, it never reached 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I just find absolutely incredible. We did Disney or we did Small World in Paris twice in a row because it was just walk-on. We got through the long snaking gates and climbed right in a boat. And we actually almost, people say that the Small World at Disneyland Paris is better than the one in Florida. And I, I'm... I think I agree. It's still got more of a doll-like quality in Paris because they haven't updated as recently. I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of. Um, But we really enjoyed it. And my dad, who hates Small World in Florida because that song drives him insane, actually Mm -hmm. liked it in Paris as well. Okay. So that says a lot for their version of the ride. Um, After that, we went and found a couple places to grab some snacks from for a little midday pick-me-up. Uh, We had brunch reservations at 2, so nobody wanted to eat a whole lot right then. Um, But we ate in the Alice in Wonderland area and had some little cakes and sweet-type partial breakfast items to get us through the day, a little croissant thing. Um, And some of the stuff that we did next was actually going to be some of our favorite things. Disneyland Paris has a lot more attractions that are more experienced than thrill ride or even ride, period. Mm -hmm. Um, So after eating, we went into this Alice in Wonderland hedge maze, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, We spent an hour and a half, not because we were lost. (laughs) It's it's pretty clear to navigate. They do a very good job of making sure you get through it if you want to. But all the dead ends and the turns, they all had something really fun to do and explore. Some of the hedges had different sized doors in it, and some of them would be locked. Some of them you could open, and they were like a window, but you couldn't get through. Some of them were small and kids size, so that if parents wanted to go through them, we had to like crawl after our kids. Hmm. Um, there's a section that had a jumping fountain where it would jump little water droplets over your head. Um, the The point of the maze is to get to the Queen of Hearts castle in the middle, and as you get closer, a little robotic Queen of Hearts would pop over one of the hedges and shout off with her head in French. Uh-huh. Interesting because you have no idea what she's saying except for knowing the movie and assuming that's what it was. So I assume right. that's what she was screaming at everyone. <laughs> and they had little stuffs that like little statues set up that you could go take pictures at throughout it. And then you get to the Queen of Hearts castle and you can go up into the towers and it's a great view. Yeah. So that it was an hour and a half exploring that area and it was, it was fun for me and, and Maddie loved it too. And 
I just thought that was great for something that it's no waiting because you just walk in. You can spend a lot of time in there. You don't have to worry about height requirements or anything. And it was fun for everybody. I just thought that was really entertaining. Awesome. I wasn't expecting that, but it was a whole lot of fun. Very cool. Um, after that, we went uh, toward Adventureland. And they have a very similar area in like the pirate section. It was called Adventure Isle. And it's basically basically like a Peter Pan kind of play area similar to the Alice in Wonderland mage. It's a network of caves that you can go through and explore. And at one part, you can peek out of the eyeballs of Skull Rock. Huh. And there's waterfalls and little suspension bridges you can walk through. And sometimes the caves are dark and kind of creepy. And sometimes they're lit and you go looking for treasure, none of which you can take, of course, just like statues and places to take pictures and stuff. And then it leads over to the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse type area. And if you get through the right caves, you can go on Captain Hook's pirate ship and look around. And there's a mm. cast member on there dressed up like a pirate to take pictures with. We, we must have spent another hour and a half, two hours just walking through there. It was a whole lot of fun. Very cool. That sounds really neat. And, of course, they were all Halloweened up because it's October. Um, so walking through there, we got to meet the Queen of Hearts over by the Alice in Wonderland maze. We met Jafar coming out of the Peter Pan area. Uh, we were going to wait for Captain Hook, but they were just closing his queue when we were walking past. He was going on break. Okay. So we missed that. Uh, but, yeah, it was a it was a whole lot of fun. Awesome. After that, we had to exit the park because we were heading over for a Sunday brunch in the Disneyland Hotel at a restaurant called Inventions. And this is one of those things that they don't advertise on the website at all. So unless you know this brunch exists, there's no way that you're going to be able to find it or make reservations for it. So I'm glad someone tipped me off about this. Every Sunday, the restaurant does a brunch. It's from 1 to 3. And you can they, you can do a seating time at 1, 1.30, or 2. I wouldn't go any later than 2 because it's like a hard character stop at 3, okay. which surprised me. I felt that the characters would stay until, like, people were leaving. Uh, so we had a 2 o'clock seating. I just thought 1 was too early if we were going to lunch 2 in there. But mm -hmm. um, So we headed over to Disneyland Hotel for a brunch at 2. And it's a different theme every Sunday, but they don't tell you what that theme is until you show up. I had looked up the themes for the few years for this time just to get a sense of what they were. If it was something that our group wouldn't be interested in that's historically been in October, I wouldn't have done it. But it looked like it was going to be a harvest theme or villains, one of the two. But I was banking on harvest theme because the three little pigs are the guest characters for that brunch. And my daughters always wanted to meet the three little pigs. So I was praying and hoping the entire time that when we show up, the three pigs were going to be there. And they were. Nice. So exciting. Uh, we got to meet the three little pigs. Well, we missed one of them because of that hard stop at three. Um, but we met two of the pigs. We met um, Pfeiffer Pig and Practical Pig, which I didn't even know they had names. <laughs> so there's Pfeiffer Pig, Fiddler Pig, and Practical Pig. And we met two of them. And then the other characters were um, Minnie and Daisy. And I think I saw Mickey and Pluto and Goofy walking around as well, all in farmer outfits. Um, we only met about half of the characters just because of our seating time and their hard stop at three. So if anyone would do the brunch, I'd recommend getting a reservation for right at one. And this is one of those reservations where you actually have to call because you know, they don't do online reservations in Disneyland Paris yet. So you have to call their international dining reservation number at 60 days before your reservation, the date that you want the reservation for. And 
set it up that way. Um, but it was a it was a good buffet. It had a lot of French character to it, so there was a huge seafood section and your cold lunch meat type section. Um, they do have a little kids buffet area that have some chicken nuggets and fries and I think I saw spaghetti and pizza on there too. Okay. And dining experiences in Disneyland Paris and Paris in general take a long time. Um, so this, we, we sat for about an hour and a half, even though the characters had left, just to make sure we get stuff. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys were able to get the theme you had been hoping for. Us too. That was that was like the highlight of the trip. Um, but that, that took us to like, like almost four o'clock. Um, we went back into the Disneyland park for a little bit after that. Um, got a giant balloon, a poo-shaped one, and did some shopping just on Main Street. But by then, we were all so tired uh, that we went back to the, the hotel. We had a quick dinner in Disney Village there and just went back to the, the hotel that first night. Awesome. Okay. What about the next day? Uh, the next day, I had actually booked an excursion into downtown Paris through Disney. And the bus, uh, you loaded the bus at one of the hotels at 9.45, and it was a full-day excursion, so it said you'd get back at about 7.30. And it did take all day. And this is one of those things where I'm glad that I did it. Uh, this was kind of a present for my parents who had wanted to see Paris and my daughter because for some reason she wanted to eat a croissant at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I'm not sure why that was on her goal list for this trip, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take it. Um, so the... The Paris excursion included the bus ride into Paris, a one-hour audio bus tour, um, some time on your own to get lunch in downtown Paris, wherever the bus dropped you off, a little boat ride, and then a trip to the second viewing platform of the Eiffel Tower, and then your bus ride back. Okay. And I don't know if they just didn't allot enough time for some of these activities, but it was just very rushed. So we loaded the bus at 9.45, um, waiting for some people. We got to we got into Paris around 11. So then our audio bus tour was from 11 to 12. And my daughter eats every two hours. I, I'm glad that I packed a lot of snacks and food to come with because she was starving by the time the bus dropped us off. Uh, they dropped us off near the Lourdes at noon and said we had an hour and a half to get lunch and we could explore the area, which an hour and a half is not really a long time when you have to get lunch in there and do whatever, looking at things that you wanna do. Um, we basically had enough time to order our food and eat it <laughs> and then find our way back to where the bus had dropped us off mm -hmm. and pick up a couple souvenirs on the way. Um, but it, it was nice to get to, to drive past some of the things in Paris and see where they are. Um, if we'd ever go back, then we wouldn't do a tour, of course. We'd maybe just head into Paris and do what we wanted to do. Um, but then we drove over to the boat ride, and the boat ride was an hour. That was about from two to three. And it was it was a nice boat ride. It was a big boat. There were lots of people on it, lots of other tour groups. Just your standard touristy boat ride down the river from the Eiffel Tower down, down the river a bit and then back up. And you could opt to have a headphone set and listen to the audio commentary and everything. We chose not to just because we had just done the bus ride. Mm -hmm. And um, it was it was a little bit warm in Paris the days we were there. When I packed in advance for this, it said that the high was going to be like a mid-60s, upper 60s, and it ended up being in the 80s while we were there. Oh, wow. 
So our, our clothing was a little bit warm for the weather, and they were supposed to have ice cream on this boat, which my daughter was really looking forward to, but unfortunately the ice cream machine was broke. So by the end of the boat ride, um, it wasn't hot on the boat. It was just hot outside. We were really looking forward to getting off the boat and maybe grabbing a snack in the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got off the boat, uh, we were one of the last people off the boat just because of where we sat and the other group groups getting off that our tour guide was already standing at the end of the boat saying, come on, come on, you guys got to get going. We got to get over to the Eiffel Tower. So it's like, okay, quick. We purchased our one souvenir photo that they took boarding the boat and then we ran off and we actually walked from the boat to the Eiffel Tower, which wasn't that bad. It was about a 15 minute walk, okay. um, but it was a hustle. The guy was really moving and we got to the Eiffel Tower and he basically handed us our tickets and said, here you go. Um, be back at the bus in an hour an hour 15 or something, I think it was. And we waited in line to get to the elevator in the Eiffel Tower for about an hour. So by the time we got up there, it was only 15 minutes and there was a 20 minute wait to take the elevator down. Um, Fortunately, our group was small and we were only nine people on this bus tour. And all of us were equally late getting uh-huh. off the Eiffel Tower. And we all just, we were all waiting in line about the same area to take the elevator down. So we all just kind of waited for each other at the bottom so that it wasn't like one of us was holding up the rest of the group. Good. But we did get the croissant. There's a cafe on the viewing platform. And we were able to get a croissant. And my daughter ate her croissant on the Eiffel Tower, the two bites that we allowed her to sit and eat before we shoved everything back up and <laughs> waited for the <laughs> elevator to go back down. Um, but um, yeah, and then we, we loaded the bus and we were a little bit late getting back to the hotel. So I, what did the what did the guy say it was? I think he said the South Korean president was visiting Paris and there was some sort of royal procession going on where there were these fancy dressed up horses and people riding the horses marching down all the roads. So we got stuck in the procession for a bit. Oh, wow. But we got back to the hotel earlier than what the program said we would, but later than we should have if it had only taken an hour to get there. Um, So we got back to Disneyland about 6.30, quarter to 7, I think. So it was about 45 minutes before the program said we would get back, but it was later than when we should have gotten back based on when we started leaving the Eiffel Tower area. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So it was still a full day and we opted to go get dinner rather than go back into one of the parks, which was our initial plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the park closed at 8. Well, the fireworks start at 8. And then the park just closes when fireworks are done. And the dining places in the Disney Village get really crowded right at that 8.20, 8.30 time when the fireworks get done. Because people wait until the park's closed to get dinner. Um, so rather than go back and then get stuck in that mess, we decided to quick grab a dinner. We got dinner at Rainforest Cafe that night, which is the same Rainforest Cafe we got here. Same same food and everything. Okay. So it was nice for for my family who were looking for something more normal at the time. Yeah. That was our second day, and that was an unfortunate day that we missed getting into the parks. I had tried to convince my family to go from 8.30 to 9.30 for those early hours just to get a couple rides in, but everybody wanted to sleep. <laughs> okay. And that brings us to the last full day that we had there, um, Tuesday the 16th, and I had completely given up on those early morning, that early morning hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just completely gave that one up. Um, if it was if it was me, I would have just gone. Um, but everybody else was looking for that extra sleep. Uh, we didn't get, oh gosh, I mean, we, we didn't get to the park until about 9.20, 9.30. Okay. 
I, we went on Orbitron and we had 945 breakfast reservations right away. So that's about all we did. And in the morning we got, we rode Orbitron and then we went straight to breakfast. They've got one character breakfast in the park and it's, they don't announce who the characters are going to be. It's just kind of random. Usually they have some pool characters and then some of your classic characters mixed all together. Our sitting time was 945. And that's just a set time. A whole crowd goes in at 9.45, and you give them your paper tickets for reservations. Um, and we saw Piglet, Tigger, and Eeyore, Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, and Scrooge McDuck. Okay. Quite a variety. little random hodgepodge there. Well, apparently, Scrooge McDuck is a regular, which I thought was odd. Yeah. Okay. We did our breakfast there. It was a pretty standard breakfast. The only thing that was missing was Mickey Waffles, which my daughter pointed out many times. <laughs> There's a severe shortage of Mickey waffles over at Disneyland Paris, um, but they have crepes. Ah, uh, okay. So it's a trade. I thought yeah. it was an easy trade. She did not. <laughs> so, yep, we had our breakfast. It took about an hour and a half by the time all the characters got around and we wrapped up eating. Uh, after that, we did just some of the standard rides. We did the teacups, the carousel. Um, let's see. Disney World in Florida has a Winnie the Pooh ride. Uh, Disneyland Paris has basically the same ride, but it's Snow White. Huh, okay. So it's it's almost got the same track where it's got the little bit of the bumps and you just go through and look at the scenes, but um, this one was Snow White. Okay. It got a little creepy in parts. <laughs> it, it was a little bit spooky for a while in there, and but otherwise it was a good ride. I would call it family friendly. Did you ride the Snow White ride that was in Fantasyland prior to when they like renovated Fantasyland about five years ago? In Disney World? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. I did not. The last time when it, I think that ride used to be like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah. I they, went on when it was that, and then I didn't go to Disney World for a long time, and now it's Pooh, so I missed anything in the middle. Well, I'm just Well, so Mr. Toad's Wild Ride did become Winnie the Pooh, but they also had a Snow White dark ride that they took out when they put in Seven Dwarves. So mm, no, I did not do that one. Okay. I was just curious if the one in Disneyland Paris was anything like the one that used to be in Fantasyland, but. I just, I'd assume it's close. Okay. There's a lot of duplication with the rides between the two parts. I don't know. Is there a place where the like um, the queen when she's the old lady that she like reaches out an apple towards yes. you? Okay. Yes. So they had that, and my my dad tells this story about how when I was a kid. I was terrified of Peter Pan. He thought I would love Peter Pan, but I was terrified of it. So then he was like, well, screw it. She's going to cry anyway. I'll just take her on whatever. So he took me on Snow White and the lady was like, be forewarned that sometimes kids get really scared on this ride. And he was like, she's scared of everything. So who cares? And the like mean old, you know, old lady like reaches the apple out. And I was like, Ooh, I want it. And like, I just like loved this mean old witch lady. So, you know, um, so that will always hold a special place in my heart. So good to know that if I ever want to either terrify my children or see if they love it, I just have to take them to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like it's the same thing. That. And at the end they had the, um, they had Snow White sitting on the horse and the prince like kind of above your head on a little bridge going where you'd go under or something. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think Maddie was creeped out by the old hag with the apple. I think mm -hmm. she did there, but she didn't like the forest where it was mm. dark and like the trees swished by. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. All right. So what'd you do after that? Um, so 
being our last day, it was kind of, we called it bucket list day where everybody picked something that they wanted to do and we just looked at our schedule and got it done. So okay. for the morning we did um, those couple of rides and then we were turning a corner and we saw Village Bell and a line forming for Village Bell. So we waited about 40 minutes to meet Village Bell. What is Village? Oh, that's Belle in her like white and blue dress. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. Okay. Yep. And that was about the longest thing that we waited for um, was Village Bell. Whose bucket list item was that? That was just a random item. Okay. <laughs> on the way to one of Maddie's bucket list items. And that was, I. the ride didn't have an English equivalent name that I could find. The best I can do is like fairy tale boat ride. Okay. It's very similar to Small World, except it's outside, but you sit in a boat like that. And it takes you down this river and there's like diorama fairy tale scenes set up that you go past. And not all of them were Disney movie scenes. but So like they had a, the village from Belle that you rode the boat past, little diorama on the shore. Okay. And then they also had a scene for Peter and the Wolf, hmm. which I didn't know was a huge thing. They had a little thing from Wizard of Oz. They had Rapunzel's Tower. You go through a cave and it's little scenes from Aladdin in the cave where um, Abu grabs the the jeweling causes everything to come crashing down. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we went on that like three times in a row because that was another one of those things where you just walked on. Ah. No line, but that was that was Maddie's favorite ride. And my mom actually liked that ride a lot too. Okay. I didn't find it that much. So three three times on it was fine just because <laughs> it's the equivalent to that that I've seen in any of the Disney parks here in the States. Mm -hmm. So we went on that. And then... We got a little bit, we just snacked here and there that day and picked up things that looked good for snacks. But on our way, we, we headed out of the park and we wanted to get over to Hollywood Studios. My dad wanted to see how the Hollywood Studios compared to Hollywood Studios in Disney World. Okay. Um, so we went over to Hollywood Studios. We wanted to catch the Disney Junior Show. And that was something that both me and Maddie liked, the Disney Junior Show. And the only time that was realistic for us to make was the French only version. Uh -huh. <laughs> Nobody in my group speaks French. Fortunately, it's got the same plot as the one in Disney World. Um, the shows that you go through are different in Paris. So let's see, I, I think they changed it up in Disney World now. Now it's like, now it's something else, right? You're talking about the one that had like Sophia and Doc McStuffins and Jake the Pirate and Mickey yeah. Mouse. Yeah. So that actually ended and is being replaced by like a Disney Junior dance party thing that opens at the end of December. Yeah. So it's still the Disney Junior live show in Paris, but the shows you go through are, it starts with Mickey Mouse because he's setting up the birthday for Minnie. And then your supporting shows are Handy Manny, Little Einstein's. And that weird Winnie the Pooh show where I think it's not Christopher Robin, but it's a girl and it's like she wears like a detective hat. Interesting. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I've, I've seen the show a couple of times and it's 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 like weird animated Winnie the Pooh. So more like the computer animation where it's not very three dimensional hand type animation. I'm not a fan of the TV show, but for some reason that was the one of the supporting shows in Disney Junior Live. But um, my daughter was so excited because Winnie the Pooh was like her all-time favorite and we had no idea he was going to be making a puppet appearance in this. And it was just super exciting. So we did the huh. Disney Junior show all in French. We were able to follow it a little bit and participate a little bit. Apparently, Miska Muska Mickey Mouse translates the same in French. <laughs> okay. So we could still participate and that was fun. And 
we went straight from that over to the Magic Carpet Ride, which is in Hollywood Studios. <laughs> okay. Not sure why. Um, <laughs> we, did, we did the Magic Carpets. Um, we thought about doing a couple of the other rides over there, um, but one of the things on our bucket list collectively was to see the parade in the main Disneyland park. And okay. we had about 15 minutes to jump over to the next park, which it's about a five minute walk between the parks. Um, so we got to the Disneyland park about 10 minutes before the parade was going to start. Got a spot right on the curb. I could not believe it. Uh, like wow. people were just starting to stake out spots. It, it was wild. I, I honestly could not believe that you could get a curb spot with 10 minutes before the parade time. I remember being in Disney world and it would be two hours before the parade and I could uh -huh. barely <laughs> um, so yeah, we had a nice curb spot. I went a couple stores down on Main Street and bought a bunch of hot dogs. Um, we sat on the curb and had hot dogs and nice. watched the parade go by. Um, it was a really good parade. We didn't get I didn't get to see it in Florida the last time I was there just because our time and Maddie was that much younger. Gotcha. Uh, and she didn't have patience for that waiting. Um, but we saw the whole parade and then we did some shopping. Uh, we went on Dumbo. After the parade, the parade's at five, so it's a little bit late from what I would have expected. Okay. Um, so by the time, and we were at the end of the parade, so by the time the parade was done, it was about six. Um, we did some shopping. We checked out the castle. We didn't get to go all the way through the castle, but the castle in Disneyland Paris, it's Sleeping Beauty's castle, and they actually have like Sleeping Beauty's room, and you can go up the stairs and go look at it in the room with the spinning wheel, I think. And oh, so we neat. Can the castle. There's not a restaurant in there. Okay. Every time we went past, though, it was roped off because a show was starting or a parade uh -huh. was um, So we didn't get to go in in the castle, but we went in the shops. Okay. And then we went over to Dumbo, and we got in line for Dumbo. And two people after us, and they closed the queue for Dumbo. They don't announce it, but apparently all of Fantasyland closes at 7 o'clock in preparation for the 8 o'clock fireworks. Oh, wow. So we were one of the last people to ride Dumbo, and they had just turned on all the lights. For getting dark, so it was really nice to ride Dumbo with the lights on, and you could see the um, teacups from there, which are beautiful with the lights on. They have a lot of Chinese lanterns like hanging down, so it was fun. And we were going to stay for the fireworks, but we didn't want to stay where all the people were standing, even though we know that the view would be better where all the crowds were. So to kill time between Dumbo and um, fireworks, we went on Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I kind of forgot that it has little drops in it, uh -huh. as did my parents. And we knew it would be on the verge of what my daughter would like in terms of dark and creepiness factor. Uh -huh. But she really likes the Pirates of the Caribbean song. And so we took her on it. And she she did good. Um, the first drop kind of took us all by surprise. And she was not happy that we didn't tell her that there were drops in there. <laughs> um, but once we got once we got through that first drop and we got the hang of the ride, we were all good. We, we felt when we were going up and then we could say, okay, we're going to go down now. It was all good. So we went on Pirates of the Caribbean and that was another one that you could just walk right on during the day. I think the longest wait I saw for that was 20 minutes. Okay. We, we walked on. I think we waited like maybe five minutes, if that. Awesome. Most of the time was spent walking from the ride entrance through all the, <laughs> through all the lines that were empty. Um, and we got, as soon as we got off the ride, we got outside picked up our stroller and the fireworks were starting to go off so we kind of pulled around a corner and we had a great view of the castle where we could see the fireworks we couldn't see the projection onto the castle from that angle okay we saw all the fireworks and it was just perfect it wasn't crowded there was one other group standing in that same area 
and you, you could see you could see the fireworks perfectly, and it was exactly what we wanted for our fireworks experience. Um, but they they slowly start closing off the park then from the back to the front as the fireworks were going on, so they'd keep pushing us more and more toward the front. Gotcha. But, um, yep, so we got stuck in the mess of people trying to exit the park at exactly 8.30, uh-huh. and we went back to Hotel Cheyenne to get a very, very, very late dinner. Um, which a uh, tip for anybody going to Disneyland Paris, wherever you plan on eating dinner, unless it's like McDonald's in the village or like a, a fast service, like they have an Earl of Sandwich there, unless it's a place like that, make dinner reservations because we almost got turned away. Uh. Uh, I think the cast member running the register had pity on us because we had a kid in a stroller who was like having a hungry meltdown. <laughs> they scooted us in a little table. Um, but other otherwise, they were at reservation only at that time. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So that was our, that was our last day there. Um, we opted to not go into the park on our travel day home. We had the car coming to pick us up at 11 and they ended up thinking that for the time that our flight was that they'd first pick us up then more like at noon. Uh, we just didn't want to deal with having to get everybody out of the park after that. We had to check out of our room anyway. Um, so we checked out of the room, we checked our luggage in their luggage storage, and then we just went shopping and got our last minute souvenirs. We checked out a couple of our other hotels. We walked over to the Hotel New York and we did some shopping there. We went over to um, the Hotel Sequoia Lodge, which is, I want to say it's like their equivalent to the Wilderness Lodge, but not quite as fancy. It's still a mid-level hotel, but it's got that wood, woodsy theme to it. Okay. And we did some shopping there and checked out the hotel. Um, if we'd ever go back, that would be one that I'd look at staying at. It just had a real nice feel to it. And it was a little less in your face Disney as opposed to being in the Cars Hotel where even your room is just all Disney. This didn't have, it, it kind of reminded me of staying in the cabins at Fort Wilderness where you were a little bit separated uh-huh. and you had all the trees there. Um, so yeah, we checked out that. We, we'd consider staying there if we go back. And uh, yeah, so that was the end of our trip. Okay, awesome. Well, I have a couple of questions for you. So did you learn anything this trip that would make you do something differently if you went again? We did not utilize the meal plan that came with our package as we should have. Okay. Um, so our package came with um, quick service breakfast every day and then either lunch or dinner, whichever you opted to use your meal plan for. And we were not fans of the quick service breakfast. You had to eat in the park and you only had two menu options to choose from. And neither one of them were something that my daughter was going to be eating. So we opted to eat in the hotel most days for breakfast and we topped up um, our meal plans. So it's like they took our vouchers, but then each adult had to pay seven euro on top of that. And kids were three euro on top of that. Um, So we paid a little bit to eat in the hotel. One of the interesting things I learned is just a side note is that um, it's not uncommon for people at the buffet breakfast to grab an extra something to walk out to munch on teat in the park later. Okay. Um, So there were a couple of days where we grabbed just two extra pieces of bread because I brought some peanut butter and jelly with me to make sandwiches for Maddie. Uh, So we'd, we'd do that. We'd grab just two pieces of bread and throw it in a Ziploc bag to take with us. And then I could make her a sandwich in the park when she got hungry. Um, But yeah, so for breakfast, we topped up anyway. And then if you, 
if I didn't know this at the time I booked, but I booked our character breakfast when I booked our hotel package. And you can't use your meal plan vouchers when you prepay for those reservations. Okay. So I could have done that cheaper if I had not reserved the meal at the time of reserving our hotel, but called that 60 days before and made the reservation then, then we could have applied our meal plan vouchers toward that character dining. Gotcha. It would have been, we would have had to pay on top of that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I paid full price for it because I booked it with our reservations. So, and, and lots of places in the village don't accept the meal plan. So you can't use it at like McDonald's. Um, you can't use it at Rainforest Cafe or Planet Hollywood. So the places that we ate just because of our comfort didn't accept our meal plan. Okay. And the snacky stuff in the park is not part of the meal plan. You have to have actually one of the meals. Um, so we And you can't do like in Disney World where if you have credits on your meal plan at the end, you can buy like a bunch of cotton candy or crispy treats or something to bring home for uh-huh. treats later on. You can't do that in Paris. Okay. So we did not use our meal plan efficiently. And for the most part, we were grabbing like the two slices of bread to make the peanut butter sandwiches anyway. Um, I would either look at booking hotel and park tickets separately, especially because we didn't utilize our park tickets for three of the days, Mm -hmm. really. And I could probably get a cheaper hotel. Um, You can book hotels going through like Expedia and stuff, I believe. So I'd look at booking hotel only and then just getting park tickets for the days that we think we'd use them and booking them separately. Um, Or I'd, I'd even consider maybe staying off-site, there's a number of good neighbor hotels with Disneyland Paris that are just a free 10-minute shuttle ride from the park. You don't get the benefit of those early morning hours, but we didn't use them anyway in right. the end. So I'd almost consider staying off-site at a hotel that had a microwave and mini-fridge in the room. Mm. None of the Disney hotels at the price point we were looking at had rooms with microwaves or fridge. Okay. And we'd probably save money doing it that way, staying off site. It's a little bit cheaper. Right. So I'd, I'd do that. Okay. So based on this trip, what one tip would you give to somebody going to Disneyland Paris for the first time? The best tip I have that was invaluable for me is to join a Facebook group for traveling to Disneyland Paris. Um, There's a couple of them out there. Most of them are geared toward Brits traveling to Disneyland Paris, but that's where you'll you'll find all the tips and tricks. Like that Sunday brunch, I I heard somebody, I saw somebody mention it in a post and I just kept asking on there, what is it? How do I get it? How does it work? And there's so many little experiences like that with Disneyland Paris that aren't on their website. They're not generally known unless you've been there and seen it. Uh, it's all those little tiny experiences that I thought made Disneyland Paris. I I almost want to say I had more fun there than at Disney World. Disney World was just so much planning and everything is like planned down to a T in advance. Disneyland Paris had all these little weird experiences like finding the dragon under the castle, which you wouldn't know is there unless somebody tells you and doing that brunch. And the Alice in Wonderland maze was like a hidden gem. And that was another thing. I mean, you, you see it there, but it's one of those attractions where if you didn't know it would, it had the potential to be as cool as it was, you'd probably walk right by it. Yeah. So that, that would be my big tip is join, join a Facebook group and start asking questions. 
um, in terms of planning, if you want like a hard tip, make all your dining reservations 60 days in advance. You don't have to pay for them upfront. So okay. just book something for dinner every night, even if you're not going to use it, because uh, we, we almost got turned away for dinner. We wouldn't we would have been stuck at McDonald's again. And McDonald's was even like a 40 minute wait half the time. So oh, wow. past to get your food. The, the McDonald's in Europe all around generally are just super crowded. We, it was a habitual 30 minute wait, McDonald's, London, Paris, and Munich. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> it seems to be a European thing. Um, so yeah, for a hard tip, just book dinner reservations wherever you think you might want to eat them. And if you're not going to use them, either go to your hotel desk that morning and say, hey, drop this reservation for me or just don't show up because, I mean, you're not paying for the reservation in advance anyway. Gotcha. But book something so you, you know you can eat if you want to. Okay, awesome. So then my last question, do you have a return trip to any Disney park in mind for the future? So that's that's kind of a loaded question right now for us. <laughs> um, my daughter really needs to go back to Disney World. Um, but we're kind of waiting on a larger family trip to Disney World to start coming through. It's been percolating, um, mostly in the husband's side of my family. They're big Disney people. Um, it's been percolating that they want to do something in like 2020, 2021. So we're kind of sitting on hold for Disney World. Um, my mom, during this trip to Disneyland Paris, had mentioned wanting to do Disneyland in Florida because that's where she went when she was little. And uh, we looked at our frequent flyer points and we've all got enough for a flight over to California. Um, and we happen to have friends and relatives over there. So now it's kind of like, well, when would be the next time that we could like loop something into getting over to California? Um, but during this trip, so this trip to Europe was half work, half fun for me. The Disneyland Paris was part of the half fun. Uh -huh. But uh, one of my business meetings in Munich went very well. And I've been asked to go back to Munich in April. Ah, um, so I kind of just got home and said, yeah, this was a great trip. I'm, I've got to go back to Munich for a week in April. And uh, this trip we went with my family and I was talking to my in-laws and we priced up a couple options to get to Disneyland Paris in the first week of April. And I, I don't mind sharing prices. We priced it up for three adults and one child just because that was the group that I had now. And to stay at the Toy Story Hotel for four nights, five days, um, was coming up right around $1,100, $1,200, including park tickets for all the days and the meal plan again. Wait, that's total? Total. Not flights. Not flights. Not but flights. But hotel, that... the meal plan, park tickets, yes. That's insane. And to stay off-site, it was coming up at like 880 euros. So what's that, like just under 1,000 US dollars, right around 1,000? Yeah. Wow. That is like a crazy huge difference. I know. Everybody was telling me the whole time, oh, Disneyland Paris is so expensive. I mean, the food in the parks, yes, it's expensive, but it's going to be expensive anywhere. But like bang for your buck, Disneyland Paris is quite a deal. Oh, yeah. If you go during, of course, if you go during Christmas or during Easter, it's going to be a lot worse. Um, they've got, uh, what's the what's the British holiday? Is it Boxing Day? Um, that sounds right. That sounds British. Yeah, there's there's some there's some holiday over there that we don't have here, and it's like crazy expensive because there's a huge festival that goes on during that time. Okay. Um, and and the first week of April is just the low crowd time anyway, so you get the like they've got the crowd prediction calendar ticket pricing. Uh -huh. So it's one of their value times. It's not even like a normal crowd. It's like a low crowd. 
so it's the low crowd ticket pricing. So it, it is on the cheaper side at that particular time, but still it's, it's nowhere near as expensive as Disney World was to me when we went. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you guys may have multiple Disney park visits coming up in the next year or two. So that's awesome. Throw in there that my, my daughter's a huge fan of Mulan and has been saying for the past year that she wants to go to China. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> oh, you know, there's like this Disneyland Shanghai. Uh-huh. And I, I think if I recall, I, I've got a lot of friends that travel internationally. So I, I believe if I'm correct that they've got dining inside their castle and one of the wings is done up like Mulan theme. And I'm just like, oh, she'd love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you go out to Shanghai Disney, you're going to have to let me know because you're going to have to come back on the show. So that, that, That's going to be like a multiple years down the road. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already seriously eyeing up like Disneyland, well, Disneyland Paris in April, but I'm, I'm seriously contemplating thinking about Paris again for five, eight years out. They, they just announced that they're making a huge expansion to their parks. They're adding Star Wars land uh-huh. and they're building what sounds like the equivalent of Epcot. They're building a giant lake with dining around it. Oh, wow. And they're actually building a second castle. They're going to build Elsa's Ice Palace at oh, the wow. end of the lake. And um, they're redoing the Hotel New York into a Marvel-themed hotel. Wow. That sounds really cool. It really does. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I look forward to having you on in the future to make us all jealous again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I'm glad to share what we learned just because nobody that I know has ever done Disneyland Paris and it it was a great experience and I don't think people should be afraid to try it. Everybody spoke, all the cast members spoke English, at least all the ones you interact with. Awesome. Yeah. So there, there wasn't a language barrier and, and it was a great experience. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and it was great to hear all about your trip. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Laura's trip. As someone who goes to Disney World a fair amount, it was really fun to hear about somewhere else that's so similar in some ways and so different in other ways. I can honestly say I had never considered Disneyland Paris as an option for our family, but after hearing about her trip and especially hearing about the price point, it's definitely something that I'll consider in the future. Also, we talked about the Snow White dark ride that used to be at the Magic Kingdom. And I said something about like, oh, if I want to ride that again, I guess I'll have to go out to Disneyland Paris. I have since learned that it also exists in Disneyland, which of course was actually the original one. Um, So if you do miss the Florida one, you can head over to California and ride that one there. Anyway, my things I like this week is Pensy's Spices. So they are a company that sells, unsurprisingly, spices. Um, I've been using their spices for years in my cooking, and they're amazing. Their quality is better than anything you'll get in the grocery store. They do have an online store, but they also have physical stores. And what's nice is if you can go to one, for each of the spices that they sell, they have an open bottle that you can actually smell and even taste the spice before you buy it, which I think is really cool. Um, I really like their spice blends. They have some barbecue ones and some chili ones and stuff like that. Um, But I also use them to find things that are harder to find other places, like Mexican vanilla, which I'm Absolutely obsessed with. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. 
I've said before in other episodes, these these things that I like this week, these aren't ads. I'm not getting paid to say these. They're just things that I want to share with you. Sometimes they're Disney related. Sometimes they're not. Uh, last week, it was cough drops. You know, it's whatever I'm into that week. Anyway, that is it for this week. As always, follow me on Twitter at Mouse and Back Pod. Rate me or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show. But most importantly, have an awesome week. Bye, guys. Bye.